Welcome to Zero Fucks Given Podcast with Paige and Chelsea, where we're going to talk about real life shit from our personal life stories to current events, pop culture. Don't forget about the dating and sex Ugh, and motherhood <laughs> and so much more. Join us as we hold nothing back and literally no topic is off limits. We will be revealing our dirty little secrets with a splash of sarcasm <laughs> and profanity. Maybe with the occasional guest to join in on the fun. So sit back, buckle up, and get ready. <laughs> You've been warned. Hello, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, gosh. I love that you come up with these fantastic intros. It's great. Because, I don't know. I've it's been my blanking. favorite way. Hello. Because of how many ta- how many different ways can you say hello? Right. And I just I want it to be weird. What's up, Snicker Lakers? Like, hey, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. So we're recording on Friday night. So if I'm a little tired, just ignore me because I've worked all day this time. Whereas Chelsea. I'm always tired. I mean, I'm always (laughs) tired. Let's be honest. But yeah, you know, it's after a work day. And I actually went into work late today because I could not get out of bed. Like I hit the snooze button so many times that I snoozed from 6.05 until 7. So I didn't even get in the shower until yeah. 7. And I'm supposed to be at work at 8 o'clock and it takes me 45 minutes to get there and I had to shower and get dressed and the whole thing. That's why my hair is up in a bun because I wore it wet today. I was like, I don't have time to dry and straighten it. So off to work we go. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I have no excuse. I've been home all day. I got a roast in the pressure cooker. I've done nothing but played video games cleaned house and hung out but i'm just i'm a tired girl all the time it doesn't matter it doesn't matter i'm always tired if you didn't live five hours away i'd be on my way to your house to have dinner because a roast sounds (laughs) amazing as i'm sitting here i can smell it in the pressure cooker and i'm like yeah i know it's gonna be good god it's gonna be so good i know i'm so jealous i just sat here and ate like a chicken sandwich that I cooked in the air fryer that, and some sour cream and onion chips, like bleh, compared to your roast that's cooking. Oh, listen, this isn't this isn't for dinner tonight. This is good. This is for my meal prep for the next week. I literally ate a can of spaghettios out of the can tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, wait, wait. I'm back to my childhood. I'm cold I spaghettios straight out of the can. Oh, not cold. I could not. Mm. Well, yeah. <clears throat> I know this sounds so weird, but sometimes, even after, even, listen, after surgery, I don't even Well, like after surgery, I've done so good. well. <laughs> See, yeah. I did. I just, Gosh. that they were cheap. And I grew oh, yeah. up in a very low income single mother household. Like we were eating egg sandwiches and SpaghettiOs or raviolis, the canned raviolis. But like after surgery, listen, I've done great. I do my meal prepping. I'm getting my protein in. I'm, I'm officially only 13 pounds away from being back in the 200s. Yay! I don't know if I told you this. I know, and a lot. I don't know how many people do know, but my high was 459. So the fact that I'm only 13 pounds away from being back in the 200s is like huge for me. But yeah, it is. It is. Thank you. But like. There are still these moments where mm-hmm. sometimes I just want not not even junk food or fast food because I really don't 
to be honest, I don't really crave that shit anymore. Yeah. I mean, now because it makes me like sick to eat it. So my, my, I think my brain has changed and it doesn't want that. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, I just want one of those meals that I ate when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I just want like a fried egg sandwich like or I just want a can food. of raviolis or yeah. yeah, just like a memory thing. And so, I mean, the can's been sitting in the cabinet for a few weeks now, but I remembered it was in there tonight. And I was like, <gasps> SpaghettiOs <laughs> with the Listen, meatballs. My comfort food as a kid that's cheap for me is the Vaini weenies, like out of the can, just eat them with a fork love them i mean i can't i can't judge you because i just did the same thing but i don't think i ever i don't think i've ever had those (gasps) ever what like ever at all oh my Mm -mm. god i love them like and my thing is i've gotten there's just something to me about pulling a weenie out of a can (laughs) i mean i've probably had i've probably had worse weenies before Listen, you would put worse weenies but... in your mouth than those things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. No doubt. Um, but as I've gotten older, I and I love beef stew, like the Denny Moore beef stew. Listen, when you first open it, it mm-hmm. smells like wet dog food and it's bleh. but once you cook it and you like heat it up, so good. But I take the Vaini weenies and like dip them in the the beef stew like sauce and eat them. Oh, so good! And it's like I know it's oh. like the canned just the amount of sodium that mm-hmm. my body is just like you know with sodium. But I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so good. It's, it's I love just it. that meal. It's just that meal. It is. It yeah. really is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can tell you. I, my mom, as a kid, like, I can't tell you how many times my mom cooked me Denny Moore beef stew as a kid. But she had to pick the carrots out because I hated the carrots. I just wanted the meat and potatoes. <laughs> like, she had to pick. And, I mean, if there was yeah. a carrot the size of, like, the end of a pencil eraser, like, that shit had to come out. I wouldn't touch the bowl until it was out. Now I've gotten to the point where That's I just, so like. so funny. Do you still hate carrots? I still don't like cooked carrots that much, but in the beef stew, I've kind of just gotten to where like I'll eat some of them, but I don't, I still won't eat all of them, but I've gotten better about it. But now like right, 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 right. actual cooked carrots, like in food, mm-mm. no, I just, it's not my it's thing. It's going to be a no. It's going to be you. a no for me. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I can't. It's going to be a no for me, dog. No for me. I just, no, thank you. I can't do it, so. I know, and to think everyone has that. I'm sure everyone oh, yeah. that's listening right now is sitting here going, oh, blah, blah, blah. Or, oh, yeah. I'm going to go home and make da-da-da. Listen, right. a fried bologna and cheese sandwich? Oh, fuck off, the same dog. Thing. I will, I I will get in that kitchen right thing. now <laughs> and I make was, a fried bologna and cheese melt, my guy. Like I was mm-mm. thinking the same thing. Yum. Like, literally, I, I, every time I make breakfast, I have to have, like, fried bologna. Like, I just love fried bologna. Like, a fried bologna, egg and cheese I think sandwich. that's such a... But you have to, like, toast I think that's the such bread. a southern thing. It yeah. can't just be, like, Oh, yeah. Bread. No, it has to be toasted. It has to be toasted. And mm-hmm. I've gotten to where I, like, put butter on the mm-hmm. inside of the bread. So it's, like, against the bologna. Oh, so good. 
Oh, so see, good. I still put mayonnaise on it, even after oh, toasting it. I do butter. <laughs> so good. Yeah. See, my grandpa used to make, um, I don't eat it, but when I smell it, it triggers childhood yeah. memory. My grandpa right. used to do spam. Oh. He used to fry the spam. Oh, I God. know, but that used to, spam, spam, fried spam sandwiches with mustard only. That is all that man would eat. And... I get the craving for them, but I cannot bring myself See, to do and it. Every, I everybody can't. says that like the viney weenies and the spam is like the same. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's like two totally different kinds of meat. It's not the same. Like, <laughs> no, it's not. It's different. It's yeah, different I just color. can't bring myself to pull. I, I, yeah, I can't bring myself to pull the spam meat out of the can and it still be shaped with like the ribs of the can. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No. Uh -uh. No. <laughs> yeah. But then I get this weird craving. I get this weird craving where I'm like, man, why does fried spam and mustard sound so good right now? I don't know. It's probably yeah. like a vitamin deficiency or mineral. I probably need to look right. and get my blood work done or something. Who knows? I mean, there's no telling, but uh, starting this podcast off talking about food is not what we were going to do at all, <laughs> but, but you know, it is what it is. Um, Here we are. Right. We always get sidetracked. It's fine. Um, but so turning a more serious page, um, we, last week we had kind of talked about um, you know, starting in March, we're going to do like a more structured thing. And each week is going to be like certain topics and whatever. Um, and one of those was going to be kind of like true crime slash awareness week. Um, and I was kind of thinking randomly as I do here and there, um, I feel like I do my best thinking in the shower because it's the only place that I'm not bothered like the boyfriend can't bother me. The kids can't bother me. The dogs can't bother me. Like it's the only place where nobody can bother me is in the shower. Like I can lock the door and I'm alone. Um, <laughs> but I feel like a lot of moms understand that too. They're like, yep, they're listening. They're like, I got you. I'm with you, sis. Um, yeah, see, but... I don't get it. I live alone. I'm like, I have peace <laughs> everywhere. No one right. bothers me anywhere. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so I had like texted you and I was like, I kind of want to do an episode on like uh, narcissistic women because we always talk about like narcissistic men and the traits and what we've been through and all of that. Um, and you were like, yeah, that's fine. And then I don't even remember how or like why, but somehow it turned into, well, let's do something that's like awareness to this month. Um, so we ended up on teen dating violence and um kind of initially as soon as we kind of like talked about that and came to that conclusion um i immediately thought of a true crime case which is the emma walker case out of tennessee um it's a case that happened in 2016 and it's one that i have watched like everything there is to watch on it, listen to everything there is to listen to about it. I don't know. It's one of those cases that like I saw something about it. I think I either watched the Dateline episode about it or the 2020 episode about it. And it just has stuck with me since then. I don't know what it is. It's just one of those cases that has just stuck with me. Um, so we're going to talk about the actual case itself and then kind of like 
statistics of teen dating violence because it goes along with what happened in this case. Um, so I'm excited to talk about I it. Love, I love that you're that kind of, listen, I love true crime. Okay. Mm -hmm. I will lay and binge and watch some first 48 dateline, whatever. But I love that you're the type that like, when you find a case, you literally go find any and every podcast that's ever discussed it. You mm -hmm. look up their families, their relatives. You want to look at their do. profiles and what they like. I love that you get so invested because you really, mm -hmm. I mean, you find out a lot. I think, I think yeah. that's really cool. So this is a case that you're obviously very familiar with. It's a case yeah. that I know nothing about. So yeah. I think that's a good dynamic to kind of have. Yeah. Um, Cause maybe some of the listeners may have heard of it and some of them may haven't. So we'll kind of yeah. get both. I feel like it's one too that on like, it. it's one of those ones that like, if you've heard about it, you've heard about it. And if you haven't, you're like, mm, no, it's like, it's right. one of those ones that like, you know, if you know, you know about it. And if you don't, it's like, you've never even heard anything about it at all. Um, mm -hmm. It's one that I feel like is more popular, but again, it's not one that's like blown up out of proportion or over publicized mm -hmm. like the Murdochs and the Idaho four and um, another one like that I feel like Peterson and right. Yeah. Like the Delphi murders, like the two girls on the train tracks and, mm -hmm. and ones like that. But it is one that's been featured on a lot of like, like I said, Dateline 2020, a lot of different podcasts right. have covered it. Um, like I said, I could probably talk about this case from beginning to end without looking up anything because I know so much about it. Cause it's just one of those cases that stuck with me. And I was just like, it's just one of those senseless ones. That's like, why, like, what was the right. point? And it's just one right. of those ones that like completely breaks your heart. And you're like, there's just no need. And it just, I don't know. It's just one of those ones that like stuck with me and I just have never been able to let it go. Um, well, I think we should go over the awareness aspect mm -hmm. of, um, totally abuse yeah abuse in adolescence or in teenage years and then maybe that'll kind of help after pinpointing some points about it maybe yeah. it'll help uh right. with the in not the investigation with comprehension of the story and like what she went through and stuff like that yeah <clears throat> um i think you looked up most of the the statistics on the, the teen dating violence, because um, I did a lot of, you know, just I got a lot of like bullet points from the case since I am so familiar with it, just to kind of refresh my memory. Yeah, so we got a bunch of I got a bunch of facts and um, numbers and statistics from NCADV.org, which is the National Coalition against domestic national violence. coalition against domestic violence right and i feel like this is a website we you and i have talked this is a website that we've used before during domestic mm -hmm. violence awareness month and i feel like this is a website where i feel like their numbers are on point it's a tr it's a what's the phrase that i'm looking for i used accredited. it earlier accredited it's accredited yes it's accredited website and i feel like i can trust this because listen the website i looked up before this had all different numbers and i was like <laughs> the math the math ain't math in here yeah. so <clears throat> i want to do my best and i know you want to do your best to put out like yeah. facts so it didn't even make um, sense in girl math world okay <laughs> no even girl math didn't get it tell me listen this what i'm about to say the first website that is obviously wrong said one of every three and then 19 percent. and i was like listen i'm no mathematician here <laughs> that but i'm pretty sure <laughs> 
pretty sure one in three doesn't add up to 19%. No. Pretty sure that's pretty far off. So we just, I'm not going to go over any of the stuff from that, but I did get some pain maybe, points here. Maybe in like baby daddy bath, <laughs> but not, not in real bath. Yeah. <laughs> not in real life. Um, okay. So some of them that I got here are um, nearly 21% of female high school students and 13.4% of male high school students reported being physically or sexually abused by a dating partner. Uh, which I wish I knew the numbers. I wish, I wish I should have looked that up. I wish I knew the numbers in adult, in, in adulthood. Wasn't it every one in. I don't remember. I'm not even going to say it. Cut that, that part out. Cause I don't even want to say it. I don't even. I don't remember. Yeah. I know that was so long ago. Yeah. Um, almost 1.5 million high school students in the United States are physically abused by dating partners every year. That's a lot. First off, one point. That, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Um, in 2013, a study of 10th graders found that 35% of them had either been physically or verbally abused, while 31% were perpetrators of physical or verbal abuse. Wow. And I think this is something that I I didn't correlate those things together. Um. I didn't tie that in together, but uh, there's some facts in here that kind of get more into that. So we'll, we'll go over a few more of these but and then I'm going to give my to, opinion. You have to think 10th graders, <clears throat> 10th graders. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my son right now is 13. He's an eighth mm-hmm. grader. So when he goes into. Yeah, that's only ninth, three years. Yeah. So when he goes into ninth grade next school year, he will be mm-hmm. 14. So you have to think that is like possibly 14 to 16 year olds mm-hmm. and the percent was how much yeah, that they that's had terrifying been, what was the percent again 30 um 35 percent had been victims and 31 percent were perpetrators that's high that's, that's high very high yeah it's really is. high for that age um range. 10 oh for sure for sure mm-hmm. 10% of teenage students in dating relationships were coerced into sexual intercourse during the previous school year. 25% of teens in relationships were victims of cyber dating abuse. According to one study, females were twice as likely, twice as likely to be victims as men. Um, and here's kind of the, this one, this one made me sad. of teens know someone who's been physically, sexually, or verbally, or verbally abused in a dating relationship. That one to me is hard because so much of it doesn't get reported, but how many people knew about it? Yeah. And then how much of that information gets take taken and told to someone else and then gossiped about and then thrown back in that like I don't like that one that goes Um, to me that goes back to when we talked about the bullying and it's like if you mm -hmm. see something report it if you know something tell someone you know like the if you see something say something kind of thing it's like if you know Mm -hmm. something talk about it um so that kind of goes well here it is the the bullying thing Mm -hmm. well Here it is right here. Only 33% of teenage dating abuse victims ever told anyone about it. 
Wow. So out of the total, the total was what? 35%. So out of that 35%, only 33% have said anything, have told anyone. Mm-hmm. That part to me, that's, that's the one. Um, half, half of the youth that reported dating violence and rape also reported attempted suicide. Mm. so that's one that got me there are um there were some interesting i'm not going to say facts there were some interesting points though that i read in the first website that i looked at that i think are super important to hear um they were talking about how social media has just changed the way all of this happens now and the pressure to be the coolest, be the most popular, you know, I mean, I remember even without social media being in high school and it was, oh my God, you're still a virgin. Like it was such a tragedy. You were an outcast. You were weird if you were still a virgin. Mm -hmm. And I, I was because um, if you haven't heard the other episodes or me speak anywhere else, um, I have childhood sexual trauma, sexual assault. Mm -hmm. And that um, in return caused me to want to hold on to my, my purity for as long as I could. And so I really, I didn't trust men. So I didn't really do a whole lot of dating in high school. So I definitely, I didn't have sex. I didn't want to, I didn't like men. I didn't want to be near men because the men that sexually assaulted me were high school age kids. And that was a very, so I just, I, to be honest, I didn't do a whole lot of dating. I had guy friends, but I never did that. But I remember like, the peer pressure from your friends, from other social circles, from the men that were just like, are you a virgin? Have you got your dick sucked yet? That was such a big thing with guys in high school. Yeah, yeah, Have you had a blowjob job yet? You know what I mean? And then it puts pressure on girls to like provide that so that they can hit whatever social ladder step they're trying to get to or check whatever off the box. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, another... Another piece of that article that I read that was really interesting to me that, again, I don't think a lot of us think about when mm-hmm. we think about um, abuse in teens, like like any kind of dating abuse, is mm-hmm. we are still talking about children. Yeah. Like, if you really get down to the nitty gritty, they're these kids. are still children. Yeah, they're still children. This is, yeah, it, it, it is. And it's, people are like, <sighs> they're... What is that? That frontal lobe is in the process of full development. Yeah, yeah. And then you're yep. mixing in, you're mixing in now hormones. Mm-hmm. Let's talk yeah. about the wild fucking hormone roller coaster of teenagers. Yeah. And yeah. they're now experiencing what it feels like to feel turned on or what it feels like to be sexually aroused. That's all very normal right. stuff that we right. all start discovering during our teen yeah. years, you know? And right. that's hard. It can be hard to control for some, I'm sure. Again, I'm different. I had trauma that kind of probably fucked up that whole thing. But I mean, listen, I still had, I still had feelings. I still had emotions. I still had, you know. So like, I remember reading this thing that said men don't fully develop their frontal lobe area until they're 25. So (laughs) what is that about? (laughs) And they don't, Um, they don't fully mature until the age of 43 either. So I get (laughs) it. 
but like so they're not like they're i feel like men mentally are not fully an adult until they're 25 years old so you have these Mm -hmm. children who are all their children all the way through high school and practically all the way through college you know mm-hmm. who are who out are here. experiencing changes in their body changes in right. their hormones changes in their minds changes in society and the peer pressures and social media pressures and like right and that's a lot parents, of pressure and you have parents out here nowadays that <clears throat> and like me i don't know how to parent my child a lot of the times with the added stresses of social media and like the news and constantly having those kind of things at my kids fingertips all the time like we've talked Mm -hmm. about several times on different episodes us growing up we had we didn't have like when we came home the only additional like um what's the word I'm looking for, like influences that we had was we had a little bit of our TV, but a lot of the times I didn't have a TV in my room until I was in high school, you know, mm-hmm. and that was probably like <clears throat> mid high school. I wasn't even like ninth, it, you know, I was probably like junior year, senior year before I ever had a TV in my room. A- and then it was like, that's when social media became like a thing. It was just starting. When out. AIM came out. Right. Yeah, listen, I think I was like 15 or 16 when right. AIM came on. When, so when like, what was it? SMN Messenger AOL came Messenger, out. And listen, those know? chat rooms, those chat rooms were, and listen, I'm not innocent of it. And now looking back, it's so disgusting. I was that 15, 16 year old oh, girl that'd be at my I friend's know. house. We'd be sneaking out to her family computer that they kept in the dining room after everyone went to sleep. And we'd be talking to grown-ass 30, 40-year-old men. Yep. Yeah. And you're just (laughs) sitting there and you're like, what is your ASL? And you're like, 16, Kentucky, female. And you're like, Mm -hmm. you look back now and you're like, what the fuck was I doing? You know? Putting myself in danger. I was in danger. Didn't even realize it. Didn't even care. (laughs) Didn't didn't even care. No danger. None. None. The amount of times, the amount of times that I could have been kidnapped because we tell the guy that we were going to the Grapevine Mills Mall. Hey, we'll be at the mall this afternoon. If you just want to like walk through, we'll we'll meet you. Right. We'll be an American. They could have t- I mean, luckily I'm fat. Luckily I'm fat, right. so I'm a little harder to kidnap. But like how many of those men Probably were actually there showed up yeah, and, watched and saw us that right. could have followed us home, saw what type of car we were. I mean, right. stupid. Right. Stupid. And that was back in what the early two thousand three? Early two thousand. Yeah. Right. Now social media has advanced so much more it's scary so so much more and i'm I'm just gonna say it i'm just gonna say it teenage girls now don't look like teenage girls then no they don't look the same no they and and i feel sorry for men listen i feel sorry for men i do i I do do because there are some men 
There are, there are some, not, not some men. There are some women that look older than I am. And I am, I'm going to, I'm going to be 33 this next week. Mm -hmm. There are some high school girls that just look more structured, like facially, they just look more mature. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, damn, you you could get a man 10 to life, my girl, (laughs) 10 to life. You could do with that body. Yeah. No, I just turned 36 and there's, I see girls on TikTok and I'm just like, you're 17. I thought you were like 25. I would have bet. I mean, listen, maybe I'm naive. Yeah. Money. Hi, if I was a man, I would have gone to jail. I would have gone to jail. I have to stand in front of a judge and I'd be like, judge, I don't know what to tell you. I'd be like, she looked 25. That ass was fat. I don't know what to do. (laughs) so she'd be looking but again but again because of the influence of the world today and social Mm -hmm. media and Mm -hmm. you know the way that you know hollywood makes the standard of beauty we can do a whole episode on just that (laughs) we could and listen i am not a parent i am not a parent but i will say this from an outside perspective they only get away with what they're allowed to so if your 17-year-old is walking around in some Daisy Dukes in a tube top. Check yourself. What are you doing as I a I think parent? you need to check her. Yeah, check her before she leaves the door. Who bought her those clothes? Mm-hmm. Where did those clothes come from? Because mm-hmm. listen, listen, I'll tell you right now. When I was 14, I stole some thongs from Victoria's Secret. And <laughs> I sure tried. I sure fucking tried. to. And I, I hit Who's them doing her time. laundry? Who's doing her laundry? Um, well, see? I did my own laundry. I've did I did my own laundry since I was 10, but I did something. I don't know if I bent over. Somehow my mother realized that I was wearing them. And when I tell you she whooped my fucking ass. <laughs> whooped my ass. Came up behind me, grabbed me by the thong and gave me the hardest fucking wedgie of my life and made me go in and take it off and tell her where I got it. I had to show her where the rest of them were. It was, I mean, she reacted correctly. I was the rebellious yeah. team that tried to finagle my way through it, but never again, never again. <laughs> but you do have to wonder how these right. kids get access to dress like that. I was never allowed to. My parents would have, I mean, they did, but they would have murdered me. But then again, you you also see all these like movies and these shows and it's like, you know, they put it in their purse or their backpack and they leave the house dressed in sweatpants and, you know, a baggy t-shirt and they go to their friend's house and they change and off they go. And it's like, they find mm-hmm. their way around it. But it's like when your kids have social media, the way kids have social media nowadays, and you also can have social media to watch them or track them. And you can have a backup account to a backup account to your sister's cousin's aunt's page to watch them. There's no <laughs> excuse as to why they're dancing half naked on TikTok and a 45-year-old man sitting in his mom's basement eating peanut butter out of a jar can be watching them. With Cheez-Its. Dipping his dipping his Cheetos and peanut butter, sitting on his fucking beanbag and shit. Yeah, there's mm. no excuse. Mm. We had an excuse back in the day to go to our friend's <clears> house <throat> and change clothes and go out riding around where mom and dad didn't know what we were wearing because we didn't have fucking social media to post it on. <laughs> there's no excuse nowadays. Listen, okay? You can't catch me. Mm-mm. I couldn't get caught. You know how we got caught? 
because Jim Bob up at the gas station saw us <laughs> riding around in my grandpa's car at two o'clock in the morning. Right. And let me tell you what, the next morning I was sitting there having breakfast with my grandfather and the phone rang. And he answered the phone. He's like, hey, Warren, I was out at Big John's last night getting a couple packs of cigarettes. And lo and behold, your granddaughter was driving your car. He goes, I didn't, how old is she now? Bitch, I was only 13. Oh, I didn't have a license. I didn't have, oh, oh, I was bad. I was so bad. And then my grandpa, he kind of got on to me and I didn't listen. I took it out again. And then the next night we went to go take it out again. The next and I went night? to go get the keys off of his table. <laughs> no fear. My grandpa loved me. <laughs> on the table was on the table was a $10 bill and the keys. And on his yellow lined writing paper, he said, if you're going to take my car, at least put gas back in it. <laughs> Thanks, my grandpa. grandpa. Oh my god. Which by the way. <laughs> This is, this is, this is me and grandpa. Oh my God. Look at yeah. it. So listen, grandpa was down. Grandpa was ride or die for me. Okay. Grandpa I, I <laughs> listen, my grandpa was the type of man. If I came home and I was like, listen, I robbed a bank and I need a place to hide this money. My grandpa would be pulling the stuffing out of his mattress. Put it right here, baby girl. I got you. <laughs> like that man, that man yeah. was ride or die for me. He That's did not hilarious. care. He was my biggest supporter. Even when my mother would get on to me, he'd be like, hey, don't yell at her like that. Like he <laughs> loved that man. But oh. Again, I've, I've, we do this every time. We get so off topic. I know, but right. with yeah. it all coming back to teen dating violence, um, I think a lot of that, and this is what the articles kind of talked about too, and there's a lot of foundations out there on that website that we um, said, and I guess we'll link as well. Mm -hmm. There are yeah. so many yeah, foundations that help parents. Listen, listen, if you haven't done this before, like Paige, Paige is, you've never raised a teenager before. You're going oh, into no. it as your teens are going into it. So sometimes Hard you don't know. Sometimes you don't know how to, right. You don't know how to parent these things. There are different foundations on there and groups and support groups and even podcasts that are just dedicated yeah. to parents yeah. to help them figure out how to have these conversations. Cause I think that's kind of where it starts, right? Okay. Like that's where, that's where it begins. You have to learn how to. How to talk to your children, how to yeah. make it a comfortable thing. Yeah. And, and how to, how, I mean, you have to be able to talk about standards, boundaries, lines of respect, their body, their choice, um, you know, just respecting themselves, protection. If they're going to explore sexually, teach them about condoms and birth control. And listen, I'm, I'm just a fan. I don't think there should be any dating in your teens. I feel like that's such a confusing time. I just don't know if I could ever do that. But again, when the time comes, how am I going to, you know, yeah, I'd rather know been, about it than it being hidden behind my back. Right. I've always been very open and honest with, with both of my kids from a very young age. You know, um, right. I'm, I'm very like, talk to me about your feelings. Tell me what's going on. And I'm raising two boys. So it's like. I want mm -hmm. them to be able to express how they're feeling and what's going on in their lives and, and not be afraid to talk to me about it. Um, and anything it, that involves anything and everything. And I'm kind of the same way with them. I think I've talked about it on here before, you know, when things are going on with me and in my relationships, <clears throat> excuse me, 
I, I try to tell them enough that it's um, a, like age appropriate still, but I'm open and honest mm-hmm. with them that if I'm hurt by a man, you know, like emotionally or whatever, and I allow mm-hmm. them to see those things so that they know what happened, how it's affected me and how I handle it so that they don't do that right. in the future. Because I think that's important. I had a friend at one point <laughs> who was like, well, I don't want my son to see me cry over a man. And I was like, why not? He needs mm-hmm. to see you cry over a man so that he knows not to do that to women when he gets older because he sees. How yeah. I mean, I think there's an example. It. Yeah. There's right. an example that's set and he sees that that man's mm-hmm. actions have consequences and maybe, and I hate saying it. Like, oh, Sam, I don't know. I, I guess I'm like conflicted on it too, but like maybe there is part of it that he needs to see the other side of it. Because I think yeah. for some men, if you've never seen that side of it, if you've never seen the hurt that a woman goes mm-hmm. through, because women are just more emotional. We are wired emotionally. Yeah. Men are wired logically. Logically, it makes sense to break up because it doesn't work. Emotionally, she doesn't understand why she's not enough or why it didn't work, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe he needs to see someone that he's already built love with, like his mother or his sister or someone close mm-hmm. to him to be like, holy fuck. Like, yeah. I need to be careful. I need yeah. to make sure not to hurt a woman like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I agree with that. I do yeah. to, to a point, right. To a limit. Yeah. There has to be, there has to be, um, an understanding of having emotions, but getting like out of control with it. Yeah. I think that's I mean, another thing that, been... you know, showing, showing your kids the emotion, but also showing them how to heal how yes. to come back from it, how to yes. handle a situation like that, how yes. to move forward. I, I, it's an equal balance, I think. Yeah. And, and it's really good too, because mm-hmm. my, my old, like I get it, my oldest son is 13. Um, just last, well, I think it was last week, you know, the person that I'm, I'm dating now, he was supposed to come over here and turns out, you know, he had to pay a bill. So he didn't have the gas money because we live almost 45 minutes apart. And I got annoyed, mm-hmm. you know, as most women, I because he had planned mm-hmm. to come over here. So, like, we had a plan, and it was like, now I can't because I don't have the gas money. And I was like, right. you know, and so I was kind of emotional about it because I'm just an emotional person. I always have been. I always will be. And he knows that. And I right. was like, you know, I'd kind of had a really annoying day at work. So I was like, Meh. um, but I was a little upset, and I started to, like, tear up about it. And my oldest was like, what's wrong? Like, I you know, and he was like, I thought things were going to be different. I thought he wasn't going to like do this this time. So I told him the situation and why he wasn't coming and like why I was upset. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, if he doesn't have the gas money, he doesn't have the right. gas money. And I kind of looked at him like, all right. Smart logical like, thinking. Exactly. Logical thinking. He's and a man. Like, He's a boy. He's a boy. Like, it's logical to him. He's like, if he doesn't have the money, he doesn't right. have the money, mom. That's- like, what is it? And us over here, we're like, why can't we just figure it out? Yeah. And I know. And I looked at him and in that moment, I was like, okay, I'm being Mm -hmm. ridiculous. Like my 13 year old Mm -hmm. just put me in my place. I'm literally being ridiculous. My 13 year old just checked me. I just got checked by a 13. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but I feel like it's experiences like that, that help him to understand. Yeah. It it made both of us understand. It literally made me go, okay, Mm -hmm. I know I'm being too emotional about this, but 
I un- like mm-hmm. logically I understood it, but in the emotional side of my brain, I was like, I just want him to see him, you know. But my kid was like, Mom, you're being ridiculous. Shut the fuck up, basically. And I was like, Okay, I'm over yeah. it. Yeah. I'm fine. Cool. I'm Check. Good now. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So I was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it just took that like thing. Yeah. So I feel like sharing those well, experiences and like moments with your kids. Yeah you both learn he was like mom you're being too much but i see mm-hmm. what you're saying and i was like thanks <laughs> yeah. you know so well, i think i think with all that being said it just it opens it up to like mm-hmm. go back to the numbers that i read at first those numbers are too high so if you Way can do anything to have high. a conversation with your kids and to open up mm-hmm. that 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 level of trust yeah um because again, sex is such a weird thing when you're a teen. No one wants to talk about it. That shit's mm-hmm. weird. Well, we it's annoying. It's personal. It's embarrassing. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, that's a good way to start the conversation. Listen, I know how weird this conversation is about to be. I don't want to talk about it just as much as you don't want to talk about it. But I want to protect you from something bad happening to you. Yeah. Okay. So with all that being said... Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just good to remember some of those facts. And I think, listen, I want to hear about the case. I'm ready. I know. Um, so, yeah. So I'm excited to, like, talk about it just because, again, it is one of, and I don't want to say, like, my favorite cases because that's definitely not the right word. It's it's sad. It's tragic. Um, it's completely something that should have never happened. Um, so with her mm-hmm. case, um, so like I said in the beginning, um, her name was Emma Walker. And she was born March 20th of 2000. So she was 16 years old when she was murdered. Um, She was, they were from Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, Her parents were Mark and Jill Walker. And then she also had a brother named Evan. Uh, I did not get his age. I believe he was younger than her. I didn't look. I should have. That's my fault. She was, she was really involved in school. She was a cheerleader. She was in beta club. Um, she was also in something called young life. I'm not familiar with that. We don't have that here. So I'm not sure what that was. So she was super involved with, yeah, she was super involved in school. She did a lot of, um, things I think with her community as well. So on the morning of November 21st, 2016, around like 6am, uh, she normally got up, got ready for school everything like a normal 16 year old would and her mom noticed that she hadn't like come down for breakfast or whatever so her mom went upstairs and she was still in bed and her mom you know was like emma it's time to get up and she didn't get up so her mom went over to her and noticed um that there was like foam coming out of her mouth and she immediately of course like freaked out and she starts like shaking her trying to wake her up Mm -hmm. nothing And I think at that point, she was already, like, cold to the touch. So I think her mom started to do CPR on her, but it didn't, you know, at that point, it didn't matter. Um, So she called 911, and, you know, they they sent someone out. And initially, they thought that it was suicide um, because they noticed the bullet holes uh, or a bullet hole um, in the side of her head. So they initially thought it was suicide, but then there was no gun like near her, around her, on her bed, like nothing. They couldn't find anything. 
So they went outside, started looking to see if they could find anything around her house or anything. And they noticed that there were bullet holes in her bedroom wall, like on the outside of her house, going into the house. So they were like, what, what is this? Um, so they started like to collect evidence and look for different things. And they started talking to friends and family. And I remember it saying in, um, I believe like both the Dateline and 2020 episode of that, um, you know, the news started to spread really quickly because it's a small town that they lived mm-hmm. in. It was like a small suburb. Well, no one, stuff. I mean, anything with a child happening, I feel like yeah. just explodes well, and big. Is- and it, I mean, it needs to, but. Yeah, and somebody as popular as she was, like, in school, like, a cheerleader, you know, somebody who's that involved in school, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was in, like, a small suburb right outside of Knoxville. So it was it was kind of small. Um, it started to spread that it was suicide. So a lot of people were talking and texting and Facebook was going crazy that she had committed suicide. Um, and then... You know, mm-hmm. people started showing up at school and were like, what happened? Trying to fit, you, you know how things spread like that super quick. Right. I mean, even as adults, you know, right. when things like that happen, you see something on Facebook and it just immediately explodes and people are going crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so she had had a boyfriend named Riley. Um, they had started dating in like the fall of 2014 and so they had been dating on and off for about two years and he was 18 so he was two years older than she was and um in the beginning like things were really good things were great they were happy and you know normal typical high school love um but then not long after they started dating like apparently things turned pretty um he became very like controlling and possessive he didn't want her to do anything that didn't involve him um anytime that she had like cheer stuff going on or anything like that like he would come and watch her um she wasn't able to like go out with her friends anymore it was you know you're gonna hang out with me you're gonna do this with me you're gonna go here with me kind of thing so it got to the point where he kind of what's the word i'm looking for like pushed all of her friends away you know as the possessive and control he isolated her from, isolated her thank yeah. you yeah isolated her from a lot of her mm-hmm. friends um and even her family and it got to the point where eventually her parents started to like notice that she was unhappy and like reserved and and pulling away from a lot of the things that she enjoyed doing and so her parents eventually banned him from their home actually and were like you know he can't come here anymore uh he's not allowed to be around um even i think they even like because i'm pretty sure her brother was younger so they didn't want him like around her younger brother or anything like that and they even took her cell phone at one point to try and keep them from communicating you know but with them going to the same school seeing each other at school you know they're gonna see each other all day at school as much as they can so that was hard but um i think in the 
2016 was the year that he graduated high school. So in the mm-hmm. spring of 16 was the year that he graduated high school. He went off to a local college and she started her um, junior year of high school. So she was just a junior when this happened. You know, we were talking about 10th grade earlier. So that would be sophomore year about mm-hmm. their age range. So she was 16 and she was a junior. So he went yeah. off to school. She was still in high school and they had broken up um, after he went off to like a little while after he had went off to college, um, probably because he wanted to do college things and didn't want a high school girlfriend. <laughs> you know how that goes. But in like yeah. around Halloween of 2016, um, I lost my spot. So around Halloween, she had started receiving a lot of like really weird messages, like text messages. And she thought that they were coming from him or his friends were like trying to like prank her and just be like super annoying. And he also, she also thought that he was like stalking her. So she told one of her friends about it and was like, hey, I think this is Riley. Like, he just won't leave me alone. Even though we broke up, he's trying to get back with me and I don't want to. That kind of stuff. Um, then on November 18th, um, so she she was murdered on the 21st of November. So on November 18th, um, while still grounded and... Uh, she did, I don't think she had her phone either, but while she was still grounded, because she had gotten grounded around that time, her parents allowed her to go to this gathering at one of, like, her best friend's houses. Um, and while she was there, Riley was actually caught outside, like, laying in a ditch watching them. Um, they had heard some noises and went outside, and apparently he's just, like, laying in a ditch, just, like, watching the house. Um, and she kind of told him, she went outside, and she told him, she was like, look, you have to leave. You can't be here this is weird. I told you, like, we broke up. I don't want you here. All that kind of stuff. Um, so he left and walked back to wherever he was, I guess his friend's house and told his friend Noah that he was kidnapped. Like that part never made sense to me this whole time. Like he was just like, yeah, I was kidnapped. Like what? What do you mean you were kidnapped? It was weird. You um, thought you would just get away with that? Like, what? Yeah. Yeah, his friends were like, okay. Um, I don't think his friends bought it. So, I don't know. That was weird to me. Like, they never really touched on that. I feel like in anything I've ever listened to or watched, they never really touched on that whole, like, part. They were just like, yeah, he told his friends he was kidnapped. Storyline? Yeah. That was that. Yeah, it was weird. Um, right. But then, like, the following morning, so the 19th of November. So, this would have been two days before she was murdered. Um, she was home alone and, and this is actually on like security camera footage, like people's like ring doorbells and stuff throughout her neighborhood. You can see it in like the 2020 episode. Um, and if I can find it online, I'll post it on like our socials and stuff too. But you can see this like figure of like a person in all black, like walking through the neighborhood and going to her house and just like continuously like ringing her doorbell. And she's like not answering the doorbell. And then the person leaves and she calls Riley and is like, 
someone's ringing my doorbell and they won't leave. Will you come over? And he's like, yeah, of course. And he comes over and stays with her until her parents get, get home. <laughs> um, and they later find out that it was Riley was the one ringing her doorbell. And you can, and they figured it out because of like the way that I believe he was walking in like the, the video. Um, but if I, I can find that video online, I'll post it on our socials and stuff too. So people can see it. It's really, and that part was always really weird to me too, because it's like, how was he at her house ringing her doorbell and while also answering his phone and being like, yeah, I'm on my way. Like it just was, that part was always so weird to me. I never, I don't know. It's just, that part was very strange. So it turns out that, you know, in that video, it was him um which is weird like how are you gonna show up to like stalk her and ring her doorbell a crazy amount of times and then come over and be like i'm so sorry whoever was here is you know because it's part of it's part of the manipulation if he can instill fear and she doesn't know it's him he can come back and be the hero and make her want it's it's all part of that manipulation that mental game he's playing yeah it's it's crazy um so once she was um murdered on the 21st and then found um two of riley's friends actually came forward with information about the murder because he had actually confessed to them uh some things that he had done so one of his friends alex mccarty said that riley had confessed to him that he had stolen his grandpa's gun so Riley stole his grandpa's gun from his house. Um, and then another one of his friends named Walton said that he um, had asked Walton, Riley had asked Walton if he knew of a way to get rid of fingerprints on a, a, on a gun. Um, and they were apparently, you know, just randomly talking and he's asking these questions and they're kind of like, hmm, what? And, you know, I think they ask him, like, right. did you do this? And at first he was like, no, of course not. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm just curious, you know. Um, and once once his friends go to the police and and say all these things and, and tell them what they know, the police actually work with them to um, come up with, like, a sting operation to kind of set Riley up and, and see if they can get him, like, on either video or audio confessing to what he had said to see if he, they can get him to say it again mm-hmm. and they put them uh, you know put wires on them and they actually set them up with um cameras in one of their cars i don't know which one of their vehicles it was but they actually set up ve- like cameras in their cars and they go to one of their houses and you know they're just talking to him and you know they're asking him about it you know like what happened with your grandpa's gun? Like, tell me again what happened. You know, I forgot. And I wanted, you know, Alex or Walton or whichever one to to hear what you told me. And he just, I mean, they're just sitting and there's, they show the video in one of the um, episodes of the 2020 that I watched or probably both, honestly. And they're, he's just sitting on the couch and he's just like laid back and they're just talking and he's just like, you know, this happened and I did this and I went up and I shot her and he's just like so confident and cocky and just like nonchalant about killing his like no remorse no 
none at all about killing his ex-girlfriend and not giving two shits about what he did. And he's just telling, and he's talking about wanting to like throw the gun in a lake or a river that's close. And so that's what he's wanting them to do is like go with him to do this. So the cops are like, we have to like follow them and stay on them. Cause if he throws it in there, like it's going to take forever to find it. So I think mm-hmm. they go through like a fast food drive through in this video and they're getting food. And one of them's in the back seat, actually, like you can see him in the video, like texting with the officers in the back seat, like trying to make sure that Riley like doesn't see him. Like he's telling us this, and he's saying this and we're going here and like, this is where we're going to be. And like the cops are like, okay, just keep him going. Like we're watching, we're following, we're here. Like he's communicating with the cops the whole time. And you can see this kid like just shaking the whole time in this video. He's like right. terrified, you know, cause these kids are 16, 17, 18 years old. You know, they're kids again, they're kids. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they pull up and they're sitting there and they're talking about it some more. And, you know, next thing you know, they're just surrounded by cops. And he's like, what the hell? You know, and he just starts freaking out. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm going to jail. I'm going to jail. Like, did you guys know anything about this? And they're both like, no, like, what the hell? We, you know, they're, of course, like, acting like they know nothing. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like, it just baffles me that, like, someone so young can do something like that. Um, so I didn't, I didn't write down like when exactly he was arrested, but it took, so she was murdered November of 2016. So it was all the way in May of 2018 before he actually was convicted. Um, he was convicted of first degree murder and he was sentenced to life in prison. Um, so he will never, never get out. Um, and it just... I don't know. There's just something about this. Well, I think technically, technically life in prison only is what, 45 years. Well, um, I think I'm not sure what it is for Tennessee. I know each state, I feel like is different sometimes too. Probably, probably. Um, Well, and sometimes there's life in prison without the possibility of parole or, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's different ones. Um, I hope he stays in there until he fucking dies. Yeah, um, it's Riley Gall is his last name. G-A-U-L. Um, right here. I'd be interested to see if they did any kind of psychological eval on him. Um, so it says he received a life sentence with parole after 51 years for murder. Um, according to the Tennessee Department of Corrections, William Riley Gall is currently serving prison time in the Northwest Correctional Complex. So, so 51 years and he was what, 18? How old was he? He was 19 at that when time? he was convicted. So. 19. Mm-hmm. Um. So he won't even be eligible for parole until um, he's 70 years old. What's he gonna do at seventy? I mean, I mean, he Die, could do hopefully. something, you know. But yeah, I mean, um, and it also says attempts to overturn the conviction and secure a new trial failed at multiple levels with the state supreme 
court last month during a request for a new review. And this article that I'm reading is from October of 2023. So it's pretty, pretty new. Uh, so he, he requested. So as, as new as September of last year, he was denied a new, a new trial. For what? Like to have his conviction overturned. Like what are the, but that's what yeah. I'm saying. For what? Like for what? The evidence is there. Like not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what what are was, they going to retry? The video yeah. footage of you saying all the things you did. To, what? It, what's nothing? I hope. I hope nothing changes. Yeah, it says um, the jury deliberated for four hours, and. Um, convicted first-degree murder as well as stalking felony murder tampering with evidence reckless endangerment possessing a possessing a firearm during a dangerous felony and theft between 500 and a thousand dollars so and it's a mandatory life sentence for a murder charge in tennessee Mm. it says right here says Gall will be eligible for parole after serving 51 years in prison. He would be in his 70s. So there you go. Yep. Um, said he did not testify at trial, that he did apologize to Emma's loved ones. Um, wonder if it has it in here, what he said. Mm-mm. It's not, well, not in this article anyway. So... I just, I feel like if that happened to me or someone in my family and the person tried to apologize, I would be like, I don't even want to fucking hear it. I don't want to hear it. What, what are you, at this point, why are you trying to apologize? There's no apology that I want to hear from you that, oh, here it is. Um, There's no apology from you that I even want to fucking hear. Like, I don't even want to hear your voice. Um, Yeah, there's nothing that'll fix that. Yeah, here's what he said. I'm sorry I took Emma away from you. Um, My intentions were not and never have been to cause physical harm. I wanted to scare her. I loved Emma. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about her or what I did. You wanted to scare her with a real gun? Like, my guy. Come on. That's... Wanting to scare her might have been ringing the doorbell over and over and over. Not pulling out a real gun and shooting it into her bedroom yeah, I think, wall. I, I think you already implemented enough fear for her to have the issues that she already had with you. You know yeah. what I mean? But I mean, that's what makes me wonder about like a psyche valve. Like, what is it? I wonder if they ever got to like what it was that made, you know what I mean? Him mm-hmm. think or act like that. I think that's why I watch and listen to so many of these an things. Aggressive it's person. Like, that's you know, that's like why I like this kind of stuff is because it's like I want to know the why. Like well what and was luckily he's just a stupid well and luckily he's just a stupid criminal, right? Because it's the it's the unintelligent, stupid ones, the lazy ones that get caught. And thank God for that. So at least yeah. her family can have the peace in knowing exactly what happened i'm i mean we talked before we started the podcast where my mother still holds gold gold my mother 
still holds guilt for what happened to me as a child. And I'm sure that her parents probably struggle with not figuring out how to completely nix communication between them. And how did they not know? So at least in this aspect, they know what it was and they can hopefully find like healing in moving forward. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's hard. That's hard. Especially when the signs were there, the signs were there. She was, she was talking to people. She was telling her friends, her parents knew that his behavior was this bad because they didn't allow him to come to the house. Yeah, they, they tried. It was known. Mm-hmm. It was known that this was not someone that they wanted around. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, that's heartbreaking. It is. And that's, and that's what's hard is like every, like they did their due diligence. They tried to keep them apart. Right. She even, you know, Emma even tried to be like, I don't want anything to do with you. She tried to stay away from him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those instances where it's like, it's so heartbreaking and so sad because she did everything right. She did everything right yeah. to stay away from him. Right. So I hope that. Yeah. I think the I only hope- thing you could have gone further was what file a report, but listen, a report's paper. not going to keep, if someone wants to do a it, fucking piece it's not going to keep them from still, right. From still breaking into their house and doing it. Yeah. I mean, what are they going to so. do when, when. Is what hard. is that piece of paper going to do? That's what irritates me. It's like, what is that piece of paper going to do when they break through your right. front door? What are you going to do? Hold the piece of paper up and be like, oh, this right. is going to protect me. No. Right. Like, I'm sorry. You right. You show up through my front door. You're going to meet the end of a pistol. And you're going to leave <laughs> yeah. in a body bag or in the back of an ambulance because I don't play my life and my children's life is more important than anyone's life who's trying to threaten or harm me trust me you'll go out in a body bag or the the back of an ambulance like yeah after what i've been through as heartbreaking mm -hmm. right as heartbreaking as the case may be i'm glad that there is closure because there are many cases and i'm sure there are ones that we'll talk about at some point during the Mm -hmm. episodes that we do crime true crime but a lot of cases don't get solved and they don't know. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at least it's, there can't be a happy ending to something no. like this. Right. But mm-hmm. I'm glad that there is an ending that gave justice in a way, in a form, in some kind of small amount there's, to there's knowing her and her family. Right. right. There's, there's knowing what happened. It's the cases where right. they don't know what happened. That's like, ugh, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, listen, to live in the unknown on anything is awful. So at least her family knows and they can process and figure out how to deal and Mm -hmm. heal as they choose, you know? Yeah. But it's sad. It's sad to see such a young life taken so soon. Yeah. Over a stupid boy being annoyed that he got broken up with. It's just Mm -hmm. senseless and sad. But, um, yeah. Sucks. It does. But on that note, I am kind of, I do like this. I like the little true crime. So I'm excited to keep doing this once a month yeah. and keep bringing up different stories. And I guess we'll just, we'll kind of like take turns. You can do, you did this week. So I'll, I'll study up the next case and I'll lead that one. I feel like an investigator, you know, feel really important. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping that for the next one, the one that I've been working on pulls through because it'll be really good. Um, if so. Yeah. I'm excited for that one. It's yeah, it's another one that and and see that one is, yeah. I'm hoping it it works out because that one is actually 
really close to me as far as location. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, like, she lived in the town to the east of me. And, like, she was taken from the town that's, like, to the west of me. So, like, literally, like, local. <laughs> when I say local, I mean, like, the right. county's right around me. And um, it's a right. very, very sad, heartbreaking case. And um, I just hope that everything works out and we get to talk about it like we want to. So I'm looking forward to that one. If yeah, for it sure. all works out. So, yeah, it's fun. I mean, well, hopefully everyone listening likes it. Hopefully this is yeah. something that intrigues y'all and y'all are like, yes. give us more because we will we'll give you more. I think and, and, you know, a lot of people like give people flack for being like, oh, true crime, you know, it's you're giving and and for us i think for me and for you like we we want to focus more on the victim versus the perpetrator you know like i feel like a lot of true crime Mm -hmm. things focus more on who did it i want to focus more on the victims because i feel like you know just to get their name out there to get their story out there to get their face out there yeah i I feel like a lot of you know a lot of true crime podcasting yeah, a lot of true crime podcasts can get, you know, the you're exploiting the victims and their families and this and whatever. And it's like, I want to focus on the victims and getting their name out there and not only bringing more awareness to what happened, but like the statistics of what happened, the awareness of what happened, like why mm-hmm. it happened, you know, not just like talking about the case itself. So that's my take on yeah, it. I want to, I want to make sure. ours different, you know? Yeah, no, I'm down. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Sure. On that note though, I think that's it for the week. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Is that all we got? I think, so. I think so. I mean, other than, you know, the Super Bowl that happened and, you know, Taylor Swift being there and everybody, I know everybody being, I, listen, to- it seemed to be a good game though. I watched it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I watched every second of it. Yeah. And, you know, Travis Kelsey being up in Andy Reid's face. And I'm so fucking over that shit and people talking the about it. The memes that have come from that, though, the, the memes, memes that have come from it are golden. I'm <laughs> Listen, over it. Though, I'm so over it, Chelsea. There is one so that is so over it. But listen, but listen, mm. there's one that's so funny and it's the coach's face. And it's like, um, it's my money. It's, uh, what is it? It's my it's money, my money it and now. I need it now. Yeah, or, or whatever it is. And then it cuts over. No, it's a separate one. And then it cuts over to Travis's face yelling in his ear. And it's like, call JG. What worth? <laughs> 877 cash down. Oh, my God. I haven't seen that one. That one I would find I funny. Died. I died. I died. That one was funny. That one was so funny. But like I'm just, and again, it t- it literally ties into what we're talking about, though. So many people were like, "Oh my god, I bet he treats Taylor like shit. I bet he's abusive towards Taylor because he's so aggressive towards his coach." And I was like, "Shut the fuck up!" First of all, he's in the fucking Super Bowl. Okay, let me just get this out because I've been so just wanting to like about it okay first of all he's in the super bowl listen i'll sit back i'll sit back take it okay first of all he's in the super bowl number two it's not only 
the Super Bowl. It, they're trying to win back-to-back Super Bowls, okay? Which only one other team has won three Super Bowls in a row, which is fucking Tom Brady. Blech. Anyway, um, it's that, like, super high-intensive, like, thing. Sports in general are so stressful and like high intense just emotions are just going crazy okay he was like upset because i understand this he's normally like patrick mahomes and travis kelsey are like you know they're like the stars of the show he he hadn't done shit the whole game he hadn't i watched the whole game from start to finish he hadn't done jack shit So I understand his level of, like, frustration and stress and, like, emotions and, like, the whole nine yards and, like, all of that. But also, let me tell you, coming from a woman who has been in an abusive relationship, and I know that Chelsea is going to back me on this because she's been through it as well, a man that is abusive behind closed doors does not act like that in public. My husband was everybody's favorite. Exactly. I he used to have women the, come to me and tell me that they were envious of exactly. my marriage. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He does not act like that in public. He's the sweetest, most loving, charming. Kindest, like, most the, loving. Give his shirt off of his back for you. Mm-hmm. Throwing money at people. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No. And while now, while <laughs> Travis is like that, nine times out of ten, the one time he loses his cool, a man that abuses his woman doesn't lose his cool ever in public. Doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Just because he lost his cool in the fucking Super Bowl towards his coach, sit down and watch every NFL football game from the beginning of the season to the Super Bowl and tell me that you don't see that in any game ever. Right. From a player to a coach or a coach to a player in any sport, baseball, Mm -hmm. basketball, hockey, soccer, football, any of them, the fucking NASCAR, Mm -hmm. all of them Mm -hmm. do it in any sport. I don't care who it is. He doesn't fucking beat Taylor. And we all know that I was so against this relationship in the beginning from the get-go and now i'm like show me all the travis and taylor videos i want them all because i just think they're the cutest fucking thing and i'm just waiting for him to get down on a knee and them have babies okay so (laughs) i'm done with my rant now chelsea close it out (laughs) listen that's fine it's all good you're allowed to have it it was a good game i think it was a good game i think it was cool yeah, I think the third, the '90s nostalgia coming back was cool. All the memes that have come for the Super Bowl are always just delicious, loving, perfect. There were so many celebrities in the commercials. I feel like the amount of celebrities in so the commercials many. this year was like, like every single so commercial had like three plus celebrities in each commercial. I was like. Is it just me or is there like a celebrity in every commercial? And I feel like that's not normal. Well, the Zodiac. Do you remember the Zodiac commercial? Every single Zodiac sign was a different top end celebrity. I was like, yeah, damn. Okay. Post Malone was one of them. Uh, I mean, uh, there were a a ton of them. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. The Dunkin' Donuts one with J-Lo and Ben Affleck was like really funny. And that had Tom Brady in it. (laughs) Can't stand it. Of course. 
<laughs> so, so I just don't like him. Well, it had Matt Damon in it, which Matt Damon listen, and Ben right. Affleck are known to be like best friends. Right. Well, listen, oh. you got your rant out. Do you feel better? Oh. As long as you feel better, girl, that is all that matters. Rant it out. You, do you see? My cheeks got red. <laughs> now oh. you will be able to sleep easy tonight. I'm going to sleep well tonight, okay? Because, and it's perfect. <laughs> it's tied into what we were talking about this week because. I mean, I just saw so many women on different podcasts, like scrolling TikTok and like talk show hosts that were like, oh my God, I bet he treats Taylor mm-hmm. this way. And oh my God, I bet he's abusive to Taylor. And oh my God, he's just like, he's a psychopath. And oh my God. That kind of aggression like, is just so toxic. And I'm right. like, and I was like, have you ever watched men play sports? Cause right. Like sit down, Karen, with Listen, your my dad. iced coffee and your fucking go back to go back and watch your reality shows and talk about your you know toxic talk reality shows shut the fuck up about sports and how men act on sports because you know nothing listen let me let men be men let them get their aggression out on the field so they can go home and be sweet to their women let just let them do their thing exactly it was just i don't let know do their it thing. just irked my nerves with the amount of women that i saw like trash talking him over shit they know nothing about i was like shut the fuck up <laughs> right your gears yeah there was one that she just i don't well, even know where she was or who she was or what podcast she was from but she just was like and i was like take a breath calm your titties <laughs> And go back to watching The Real Housewives on all levels. Because there's like 13 different cities they're in now. And I'm sure you watch every single one of them. I watch one. Maybe two. <sighs> well, again, I, some people get on a platform and they make a statement. And they don't realize that that little statement, that little spark can turn into a huge wildfire. You know what I mean? When they're never needed to be. So be careful yeah. with what you say. And I also you know, saw... I also saw somewhere that somebody was like, oh, my God, Taylor was smoking weed at the, at the Super Bowl after party. Oh, my God. And I was like, y'all probably don't realize that Taylor Swift has been smoking weed for God knows how long. She just was never seen out in public with her, like, boyfriend until now. Let's be real. Yeah, there's this whole thing going around now about how, like, he's changing her and she's, like, turning into, like, a partier and this and that. And I'm like, no, she was probably just really good at keeping her life very private. Mm-hmm. And she now still she hangs out. Because she's really happy. And she she's really happy. She doesn't have to. Yeah. 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 Let her. Just let her do her. Let her live her best life. Leave her alone. Yeah, if it doesn't affect you, who fucking cares? Mm-hmm. And I think that's also, I tell, exactly listen, how it's, she feels right I, now. What I say to people... Probably. Yeah. Listen, well, even she... when people, and I know weight has nothing to do with it, but I've had people come at me and if they try to make any comment about my weight and I'm like, listen, unless I am sitting on your face, my weight should not matter to you. So mm-hmm. unless her, what she is doing personally affects your livelihood, fuck off. Just leave, leave yeah. the girl alone. Let her live her best yeah. life. Let her get high. <laughs> yeah. Right. Have you lived in this country the last five years? Leave her alone. <laughs> Let her get high. Right. I mean, and I know she's a celebrity and she hasn't struggled like us. I don't care. Let her live her life. You don't know what the next person's going through behind closed doors. You know, everybody was like, oh my God. God, it's hard to find a real relationship where you're happy. Let her be happy. That happy. Yeah. Like you can see it on her face. She's fucking happy. Mm -hmm. They both are. They both are. 
Yeah. Like you can see it. And that's the thing is like, I know when this Mm -hmm. first all started, like I was so like, no, not Travis Kelsey, leave him alone. (laughs) We both were, but like watching them grow and like just seeing them together, like you can genuinely see the happiness on both of their faces. And like what he said to her Mm -hmm. after the Super Bowl, he was like, he was like, th- I think he said something like, thank you, baby girl, for being here. Thank you for making it and taking time to be here for me during this time or something. Those words and that some sort of sentence like that. And I was just like, oh, mm-hmm. like that to to hear him say that and like see his face when he said that to her and see her reaction to him saying that it was so fucking genuine both of them in that moment Mm -hmm. it was just like i want to see this from every angle possible on tiktok like i just want all the views because it was so genuine and it's like the two of them i don't feel like it's so hard for them to find that so the fact that they have it's like oh right i'm just waiting for him to get on a knee and them have the most simple quiet small little wedding i just can't wait i'm so excited (laughs) And I was like, no, when it first started. <laughs> I'm here for so, it. Here. I know, I am too. Because I can see that they're genuine, like they're genuinely down for each other. And at first I was like, this is all mm-hmm. for public bullshit. But it's, you know, if she finds her, if this is her person, then it seems more genuine. Let her have her yeah. fucking person. We all deserve that in this Amen. fucking world. Fuck. Absolutely. You know? And if she's taking <clears throat> Travis Kelsey off, even the if it's only temporary, it makes her happy forever. right now, right? Even if it doesn't last like forever, temporarily, happy. it's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even if I it guess. is only temporary, it makes her happy right now. Let her let her live in her happiness. Let her live in her moment. Yeah, I agree. we all have them. Like, you know, if it doesn't affect you, like I have always said, if it's not feeding you, financing you, or fucking you, it doesn't fucking matter. Mhm. That's it. You know. Facts on mind facts your on fucking facts. business. Mind your business. Stay in your lane. Mind, mind your biscuits, and life will be gravy. Not my pasture. Not my bullshit. On that note, now I want gravy. I love that one. That one's one of my favorites too. Not my pasture. Not my bullshit. Not my cow. I was not my cows. Not my pasture. Not my bullshit. Listen, I live on a farm, yep. so it works. I love that one. For me. So. I have a cow. I have actual cows. Okay, fuck off. Whatever. There's like 30 of them. I mean, you're welcome to drive down and see them. Any time. Get in the car with... I mean, probably. Maybe. Listen. Listen. Granny. Granny's about to get upgraded. So once she gets upgraded... Get get in on Right now, I can't trust a bitch to make it to the corner store. (laughs) Yeah, I can't even trust Granny to get me to the corner store right now. So oh, she's no. on her last leg. Her last wheel? Last. Her last wheel. She is. <laughs> she's on her last wheel. Oh, God. All right. Well, Y'all pray for this, granny. Is, this has been a, a very fun and insightful episode. And I'm excited to do more true crime. I think, I think it'll pull some new people in, some new listeners. And if you are new, welcome. If you've been listening the whole time, hey, hey, thank hey. you for saying. <laughs> so, you the real, the real MVPs. The OGs are still here. 
the OGs. So, all right. All right. Well, until Bye, next week. Motherfuckers. Bye, bitches. Bye bye. Bye bye now. Bye bye. Hey, y'all. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Zero Fucks Given Pod. And don't forget the U is an underscore. And send us your feedback, suggestions, and topics you want to hear about. And when we say nothing is off limits, we mean it. <laughs>